0: Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for being an intentional spirit. I just love it when I when I say those two words, intentional spirit. I'd like you to think about what those two words mean to you. Uh, for me, they're so much broader than goals or masterminding or vision boarding and all those kind of things I think are so powerful. And I have certainly used each and every one of them and will continue to do so. But there's something about the follow through. There's something about the it's a great ideal to move into, but there's something that makes a distinction about I followed it through. I After two months, I didn't give up. I didn't walk away or I didn't put it on hold. Um, we have moments in our lives that with things of, of the best of intentions, we put them on hold and we start living in the waiting room. God's waiting room. I'm waiting on to get complete. I'm waiting on the kids to go away from college. I'm waiting to, um, you know, meet the love of my life. I'm waiting till I lose weight. I'm waiting till I... I give up addiction. Uh, One of mine was, I'm waiting till I have it all together. (laughs) Well, Reverend Serena is our guest today. We don't even need to go there. (laughs) Can you imagine if I were waiting till I had it all together? So, I mean, I'd be in the afterlife, right? I don't even know. (laughs) But anyway, um, there's the intentional spirit. You keep making choices you keep putting a foot in front of you and i'm elaborating about today because the person i'm interviewing i have the utmost the utmost respect for serena himmer everyone please welcome my guest today for she is truly an intentional spirit
1: thank you for being here girl oh thank you i am so excited about this i'm so grateful thank you very well
0: just for the purpose of this show, just call me Temple. You can call oh, me right. Jay, you can call me anything, just call me, okay? <laughs> but you can just refer to me as Temple Hayes, just don't call me Temple Ann, because that means you're mad at me. All right, so <laughs> absolutely. Right. So you are um, a trailblazer, I. you're an artist, you have brought so much to uh, being a counselor, uh, a support uh, system for children, and uh, very recently you've allowed the creative juices to flow through you. Um, I am just so thrilled to watch you and, and watch you shine. Um, tell our, you know, because I, I know a lot about you. I've been following you, um, uh, for a long time. Um, but tell some of our, uh, our listeners, you know, how did you get on a path of life matters and I matter and you matter? what, what happened? What bridge? What connection? It seems that all of us have a story of why we started caring or participating or whatever. Tell us a lot about your life because our listeners are from all over the world and most don't know you and we want to give them an opportunity to do so.
1: Thank you. Wow. I uh, married quite young, at 18, right out of high school, and I uh, had my son at 21, and I was in that marriage for 20 years, and, um, you know, there was a lot of uh, wonderful, there were a lot of wonderful things that happened, but there were also a lot of extremely challenging and um, almost life-threatening kinds of things that happened as well, and so when I look back as I went through my healing from that marriage, I realized that that marriage brought me to my spiritual awakening and to the big turning point in my life, Um, and it really helped me clarify who I'm here to be, and so I sat down finally. You know, I was 38 years old, and I finally sat down and said, okay, okay, okay. I've apparently made sort of a mess of things, so I'm just wondering, God, what did you have in mind? You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. And what I heard was that voice, that inner voice say, what makes your heart smile? And having been a dancer, a little bit of an artist and things, I, I of course, said dance and art, but I also said children and healing and helping nurture people back to health and so that's when i started this school and i went in actually to early childhood development wanting to work with little children and as i sort of healed my inner child through my own work in over those years i realized oh okay it's time to work with adults too so i branched out and then initially i thought i wanted to work with people who um were and experienced alcohol and drug issues And then I said, no, that's not really it. I think it's really working with children, women, families, and really helping parents understand, develop minimal stages, you know, being able to really communicate and listen to children, the wisdom of children, and uh, nurturing their self-esteem. I just knew that was so key for, um, you know, our future, for parents to know how to do that, and and to be able to work with children who were going through difficult times, which led me then once I once I acquired my master's, um, I had worked in administration at the state level for uh, several years, and then I did go back and get my master's, and so I could do clinical counseling. And I started out working in in the inner city as a therapist, and I went into a lot of different homes and worked with families that were really. You know, challenged and really just trying to get by. And um, there was a lot going on in those families. They taught me so much. Oh, and the next step was to go and to work in residential facility with teens who had experienced all sorts of abuse, were trying to stay out of jail, or had just gotten out of juvenile detention. And they gave me an opportunity to use all my, all my gifts, all my gifts with art and drama and dance and music and my clinical skills to to create an expressive arts program and um, to work with the teens through the arts, just through the arts. Every client I saw, every youth I saw, I got to do art and music and dance and drama and, and pottery and all of that with, and it was amazing how they healed through the arts. And so I've always incorporated the arts, arts in all of my work um, and while I was doing all that, I also became ordained and studied to be able to do that. So it's been <laughs> an interesting journey. It's full. It's been full. You're starting to
0: remind me of someone that I know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, uh, <laughs> not that I need your story to become my own, but you are starting to remind me of somebody that I know really well. And it's like you know <laughs> when I get on a radio show or something or a Zoom or someone's interviewing me and they start talking about all the things I've I've done, I I start thinking I'm getting tired. Once in a while, because That's I because I know in all the in all seriousness in the world it is not I. But the spirit with spirit within me, who doeth the works, you know, because I know that, that is so and, and I, I know it's that funny. about about you as well, but it's like you are you're likened to Oprah of use me up, you know, while I'm here, mm-hmm. use me up in a healthy way, you know, in a in yeah. a very dynamic and healthy way, and yeah. um and wow, so not to interrupt you, but I was just like. Let's take a breath.
1: <laughs> I know. I,
0: my story my go, time, on and on you know, in with my spare time is. when nothing else was going on, well, I decided to get ordained in addition <laughs> to everything else. So uh, you're you're a living example of one day at a
1: time, right? Well, that's been a big part of my life for the last forty years. I have, you know, I have worked at uh, as an Al-Anon program. I've worked the twelve steps, so that's something else, you know, that really helped move me in the direction uh, that I that I've gone, you know, as a spiritual my spiritual journey as well. So that's been a a real core uh, foundation in my walk through life too. Yes, Yes. one day at a time. Absolutely. Well, I. You know, I'm here. Like you said, I am here, and I and I they let me be the best <laughs> bit of love and action that I can be today. That's it. So,
0: yep, engagement, being engaged in in life itself. Well, you know, if you're if you're standing on the sidelines and you take like a magnifying glass, and you you look at your life as a dot that connected to a dot or a road that connected to a road, whatever. It's like, it's so incredible. You know, that. that's why, you know, um, I, I always ask people to step back from your life and look at how each road led you to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. And I will say that yours is just a whole lot more obvious than a lot of people. <laughs> and it's, it's, but it is. It's, and I, mm-hmm. I say that with grace and I see that with the, I say that with the utmost respect And I I think it's a story that needs to be told of, well, I was doing that, and then this opportunity came, and what I thought was going to come didn't, but then I wound up doing this. But what almost happened didn't happen, but yet God's delays are not God's denials, and I wound up over here, because that is so true about you, because you have been shape-shifted to be the perfect person to write books. (laughs) I mean, you you can do it all. You illustrate it. You know, you've got your character. You know, the wisdom that you're putting in there that will affect and impact a child's psychology. I mean, come on. It's just amazing.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, Pearl came about, my, my main character, Pearl. She has lots of friends and family and dogs and everything now. Um, and she came about because when I was little, I felt like I... I was adopted. I I was the middle child, and I sort of disappeared. So I worked real hard at being seen. You know, I tried to be perfect in my dance, in my hair, my room, everything, my grades, and all that. And um, and I just still felt invisible. And and <laughs> she came about because I thought I was adopted, and my real name was Pearl White. And. <laughs> And one day I was at the doctor's office in the lobby with my mother, and there was a little girl about my age who had a box. And my mother said, oh, what's in your box? And the little girl said, a new doll. And mom said, can we see your doll? And she pulled out this doll named Poor Pitiful Pearl. And I related to this Poor Pitiful Pearl doll. I was like, oh. That's me, you know, poor me. And I spent so many years in that poor pitiful pearl mode, like 38 or so. Um, and, and so, again, when I went through my healing process and worked on healing my inner child, I found my old, I got that doll from my aunt. And I found my old pearl doll and I washed her up, fixed her hair, which my sister had cut her ponytail off so she was even more pitiful. But and I washed her all up, got her a new dress and a, and a blankie and just you know, a little bow for her hair. And I renamed her Precious Pearl. And so that was almost forty years ago. <laughs> wow,
0: that's so that's so uh, that's such a butterfly metaphor, isn't it? From cocoon to gorillas to to then now a free a free butterfly. Now, did I understand you correctly? Did you say
1: you were adopted, or you? felt like you were. No. I felt like I was. I thought I Did was. Did you know um, that
0: that's my story too? I know it is. I know. I'm i like, yeah, okay. I'm just now uh, just, just kind of breathing that in because there's not an active world going around us. We're just audio and taking it in. And, you know, um, I, I felt that way too. And I'm, I'm grateful that I'm, I'm comfortable enough with myself that I'm okay to say that. And I don't mean that towards it's less than to be adopted. No, no, no. I, yeah, I To so me, I think people that are adopted are so special because they're really chosen, you know, yeah. but um, yeah, I just assumed I was adopted and I, I <laughs> but unlike you, I was still asking my mom in my forties, tell me I was adopted. It was okay. Cause I just felt like I should have been in Nepal, you know, at a mystery school or or something, <laughs> instead of this little bitty town that I was just so uh, black sheet. But that's funny. That's a that's well, a real common thread that we have. That, there like, is a I certain kind of um, essence about you when you feel like you're adopted. and No one's telling you. You think you are. And nobody's saying anything. And um, you know, I I just kept opening up the room. Like, I'm okay to talk about it. I I really wouldn't be surprised. I actually think I am. And Mom would go, I if I have to tell you that one more time, you know. I I and like I said, I think I was like in my middle 40s when I said, well, I guess I, you know, I wasn't.
1: I know. Oh, my mom. My mom. <laughs> she had six children. She wasn't awake for any of them. So she, I don't know. But anyway, um, so when I was pregnant for my son I was 21 I went to mom and I said well what was your pregnancy with me like you know and was I early was I late I said there are stories about all the other kids but I've never heard my like my birth story like going to the hospital and what happened and how long it took or any of those things and and she said "Um, oh she said you know I, I really don't remember that and I said Oh, okay, Mom. Wow. I always knew I was adopted, and I was kind of, kind of teasing that. And I said, "It's okay," and I'm grateful that you and Dad adopted me, you know, and brought me up and gave me all this love. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's too wild. Well, I will tell you that I did have that story. You know, you you and I don't have to be counselors to each other on the radio show today. But I I do know that people do feel, you know, certain levels. But I literally, it was 48 hours for me to be born. And the doctor actually told my dad that he might have to pick or choose one of us. So even though I had that story, I still felt that way, and and I, you know, and I wasn't sure if that was a made-up story, a real story, or whatever, but I still felt that way, like, Mm -hmm. who are these people, and I don't know that we're the right tribe, I, I spent the majority of my life looking for family, Um, and I imagine you have too, Um, family meaning a la familia, maybe not by, by blood, but by choice, right? Yes, yes.
1: Because I never felt, you know, and like so many that you, you talk to that are, you know, on a spiritual journey and are conscious of that and, and at Unity, they'll say, you know, I never felt like I fit in. I never felt like I belonged here. I didn't even feel like I belonged on Earth. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt mm-hmm. that way too. I know, that's that's true. Well, Mom came back a couple weeks later and she said, I remember now when you were born. I go, you do? What da, da, about this and that? She's, oh, I don't remember that. She said, I just remember it was awful darn hot. I was born July twenty third. <laughs> Bless her
0: heart. They have no idea that we're looking for uh, you know, some fireworks here or you know, some kind of romance about the whole thing <laughs> in some way, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um <laughs> so,
1: so Pearl Pearl has been, you know, my little inner healer for a long time for a long time now and I wanted to be able to share her finally and but the pandemic or whatever you want to call that what well, we've been going through this transition this opportunity over the last mm-hmm. year gave me that that time to to really uh, focus on her and to bring her into the world.
0: <laughs> well you've done an amazing job and for those of you that are tuning in with us I'd like you to go to the website pearls plural pearlswisdom.site, as in website, so pearlswisdom.site, and look at, you'll just fall in love with pearls. She's just like the cutest thing. She's the person that we we all want to be on some level, but the first book is I Am Me, I Am, and it addresses the imperativeness of self-image and self-confidence and how that is achieved through Pearl's story, but, um Serena, I, th- I think you've done an amazing job. Um, and what has been some of the feedback that you've gotten from Pearl?
1: Well, uh, l- luckily, I can watch I can read some of the um, the reviews, you know, on Amazon too, and and then from friends and relatives. And some people on Amazon have said, I thought I bought this for my daughter, my son, and I realized it was for me too. Mm -hmm. there's that little child in all of us and um and people have enjoyed her Uh, so she's got another book that is almost ready for publication i'm i'm looking at may 1st and this one includes some friends and her dog and it's called feelings are like clouds wow feelings are
0: like clouds oh that's powerful
1: And then the other day, actually, as I was doing a counseling session, I was having this conversation with one of my clients about the exchange of energy in relationships and how sometimes we may push our energy towards somebody, you know, trying to overpower them, or we may pull energy from them, and we have to really decide, you know, Really, be conscious of of our energy and their energy, and have this really more beautiful exchange of rainbow energy, like a rainbow connection. And we kind of laughed. We were like, Oh, you know, the rainbow connection. And uh, and I thought, Oops, that's another book. <laughs> Wouldn't it be wonderful? Oh, it, it, yeah, it definitely it is. It, it would be a great. It would be a, a great
0: book. Talk to me a little <laughs> bit about um, feelings or clouds. What What's the premise of of the overview of that?
1: Well, it's still for younger children, so I don't go into a lot of cognitive behavioral type of things, although I have another one coming, too, about feelings and how we can change our thinking. But this one's really just about knowing that Feelings can change, and we don't have to stay stuck in them. You know, they're like the clouds. When you look at the clouds and you watch the clouds, they change, and sometimes they show up in different shapes and forms. And and um, but we're we're able to just notice them and say, Wow, I see you. I feel you. And. And it's okay, you know. And it can just move on and change into something else. So it's really for younger children to just. Start well, I no, I agree it.
0: with you. I do think you're right, but I also think that everybody needs to read that. I think it may be designed <laughs> for children, but I I I know many people that right now could use a copy of that, you know, because mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. such a misunderstanding and judgment about someone's feelings. And, yeah. um, you know, as years as a, as a counselor or a life coach or whatever I might call myself at a given time, what I have observed deeply is people's inability to access their feelings, identify with them and understand projected feelings, delayed feelings, um, you know, feelings that you're putting that on that innocent person at the grocery store when it really is about something that happened six weeks ago with someone else and there's such yeah. a disassociation a from the feelings itself. And I I think that in that way, you know, your books are, are powerful because they're they're teaching the, if you will, like the unity way of life uh, in a different form, which is so necessary um, and mm-hmm. needed, but um, in a, a different connection. I, I don't know that I ever told you this, but um, I was so um, thrilled when miracle at four uh, let's see no at five so her her fifth birthday um she made a big deal out of it because she was at the age of picking the cake and picking what she wanted and the bouncy thing and all the stuff you know and I Mm -hmm. definitely contributed to the cause but knew all along that I would be out of town did I tell you this what happened no okay no. so um anyway so uh, i knew i'd be out of town and she'd go mama temple you know you, you're not coming i said honey no i'm gonna be in Nollins and i won't be there and blah 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 but i'm gonna video in and i'm gonna see you and my mom's gonna be there and i'm all for you and all that stuff you know and so um in december like four days before christmas uh we're driving down the road and um She said, Mama Temple, I want you to know that I still have anger in my heart because you didn't come to my birthday party.
1: Oh, okay, yeah.
0: And I thought, isn't this a great day? Isn't this like the most amazing thing? Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. That she feels Mm -hmm. safe to say that, that she identifies enough with her own inner being that that's what's Mm -hmm. happening for her. That was literally... um, Six weeks later. yes, You know, absolutely. and it that's I just so found powerful. that amazing. Cool. And those are the kids. I mean, that's who you were and who I was too, you yes. know, as Indigo kids, but it's so nice mm-hmm. to see that happening with children and no, I didn't fix it. And I didn't say, well, that'll never happen again, because you know what? It might, yes. but I looked or for ways and values and an experience that I could have that I could, I could, allow some kind of bridge that we could tie the two ideas together. Um, but I love that. And I think yeah, that's so absolutely. great well, that, of how you're identifying. How did you get the idea that it would be related to clouds?
1: I was in a counseling session with a four-year-old one day, and we were talking about feelings. And, and so we I'd always do art and uh so that's what we did. We started cutting out clouds and putting feeling words on the clouds, and, and then noticing that you know clouds can change, and um, and so can feelings. And you know, we just they just like to, us to say, "Oh, I I see you, I feel you," and so that's how that came about. <laughs> I just think
0: it's a very powerful. I just think it's a very powerful thing. And some feelings just evaporate evaporate on their own. They do, yeah, yeah. You don't have to give them. You don't have to give them any any power at all, true. you know, or identify them in any particular way. Everyone, I'm talking with uh, Serena Hemmer, um, licensed social worker, MSW, um, also reverend. She is a uh, mover and shaker and a person of many hats. Um, love that you connect with us on our, our radio show, Intentional Spirit. We have a lot of back shows that you can watch, that you can tune into on Unity Online Radio, as well as um, I love to hear from you and hear what kind of shows you like to hear about and know about. And we're here to you know share this incredible journey we call life together, that's for sure. And go to Serena's website. It's Pearl's Wisdom dot site and visit me at com. we'll be right back after this short break
1: discover the power within unity online radio the voice of an awakening world.
0: Welcome back to the intentional spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. You know what I'm saying? Welcome back, everyone, and thank you so much. We're having a wonderful conversation today with uh Uh, Reverend Serena Hemmer, you know, you can also go to her website. It's R-E-V, shortened Reverend. It's R-E-V, Serena, S-E-R-E-N-A dot com. And you can read that she offers all different types of services um, and that you can do all those services online or Zoom or Skype. Um, It's a new world that we live in now. So all of these things don't have to be Uh, geographically aligned. They can be offered anywhere. I've done a few uh, weddings on Skype. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And and it it works just well, and I'm sure it does with you, uh, Reverend Serena. The other thing is, of course, we're talking about, there's many things to talk about with her journey in her life and human behavior, etc. We're going to delve more into that further. But that being said, um, her art has become taking art and wisdom in all her years as a therapist and creating these wonderful books by Pearl. So you can go to Pearl's Wisdom. It's just P-E-A-R-L-S, wisdom.site, S-I-T-E, as in website. So Pearl's wisdom.site. And um, access the book and be aware of the up-and-coming two books uh, that are coming out pretty soon. Feelings are like clouds. And also a book about rainbows, right?
1: Rainbow connection, sort of. No, no title yet, but yes, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I, I, I can see that probably everywhere you are, you've got your little notebook. Do you do that? I do that. I've got a notebook Thank in you. my, in my uh, purse that I take notes all the time. I'm like this would be good. That'd be good. Oh, do that. Do that. So it, you're on a, you're on a roll with these books. It's really, really great. <laughs> great sure. to see.
1: Well, speaking of taking notes, there was a commercial that came on just before we came on, and it was Mr. Rogers. Um, I don't know if you've heard that, that comes on. And he was saying, the truth is inside all of us. What is mm. important that you are you. I thought, well, that's all Pearl's story, too. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's Pearl right there. That's Pearl exactly. living her, her story. Well, I just think she's cute as she can be. Um, especially you. that permed hair. That's something I always <laughs> wanted but can't do, but it sure is cute.
1: <laughs> yes. I always wanted that curly hair myself. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't even touch that one today. No. Well, um, why do, how did the um, insight of, as I know a lot of people long to be authors, but uh, longing to be and becoming are two very different windows. How did you, um, why did books start having your name on them? What What was that called?
1: What was that called?
0: You um, know, like, did you go, I've been wanting to do this all my life, or did somebody yeah. say to you, you really ought to put this stuff down? How did you, being an oh. author, because that's another mm-hmm. multidimensional aspect of yourself, how did that happen
1: with you? Wow. Well, it's an interesting story, and I think around 2006 or 2007, I went to a workshop weekend conference with Marianne Williamson, and I had this wonderful friend. She always made sure we were in the front row, too. It was wonderful. And so at one point, Marianne uh, guided us through a meditation, and in this meditation, I uh, I heard that I was to write books about the children I had worked with, and I was seeing it different way, you know, when I first got it. And it's funny because I took all my books from Marianne Williamson up to the table for her to sign, and, and she looked up at me, and this is this is what happened. She looked up at me and she said, "When are you going to write your books about the children?" I, like, wide-eyed, and I said, well, I just now wrote that in my journal after the meditation you guided us through. And she just looked at me, like, with a question mark and shook her head and smiled. And so that was a long time ago, but that stayed with me. And, like I said, I had a different idea of what I was going to write. And then it just it just turned into Pearl, and Pearl sharing her story through these books. Uh, children's books so i'm you know i can incorporate some of the experiences i had with children some of the things i learned uh counseling them and through my own experience of healing and um you know do it with uh with a lot of fun kind of having fun drawing the the illustrations and Pearl's had Pearl went through a lot of changes in her looks Uh, Her first one I drew I really loved but then I could never draw it again (laughs) so why and so I kept struggling with her and finally I said Pearl what is it you look like and this is how she came out I just said that's it so anyway that that was a little side story Um, that's that's how the idea was seeded was through that meditation at a conference With Marianne Williamson after she wow, that's
0: an undeniable story, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, everything comes in its own time. You know, I. I really believe that we. um, It's not happening. It's not the divine moment for it to happen. And. This, like I said, this time that we went through gave me. The time and. So once she was launched, it was like, oh, and now we can do this and this and this, and now we can do a game, and we can do this, and we can do a doll, and we can do that, and all kinds of things and songs. You know, there's more to come. So,
0: so did you did you find yourself like, um, did you have any kind of question of that it was yours to do? You know, you you had the meditation. Then Marianne said, "Let there be light," and you said, "Yes, I was thinking about that." But did there, what was the evolution that, and and I I do this because we have a lot of people listening that they are in the process of becoming something. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, that story of hope or that healing story of, well, yeah, I started, but yet I didn't feel like I, who, me, an author or whatever. How did you get from A to B that you actually said, it's time and here I am and I'm doing it? Was there anything that occurred? or was it just a natural progression
1: I I had wanted to do it earlier but my schedule as a therapist and owning my own private practice for from 2007 on I I worked like 60 70 or more hours a week so it was always sitting there and I I think that it was just being nurtured as I went on, and I was always there. That seed was being protected, and and I still had to, like, experience the dirt and the soil and, you know, the rains and the storms or whatever to get it to start to germinate um, and take root and start to grow enough. And I think once it it, – the picture I'm getting is that it it popped through, it popped through the soil, (laughs) And there it was, and I was like, "Okay, now we really have to take care of this, <laughs> you know, for it to continue to really blossom." And so it—it it just couldn't be denied. It was all around you, is what I'm hearing. It's like there you are. It has. It's time to to really nurture and bring it forth in all its fullness. So,
0: well has has the writing uh, the books
1: changed you in any way? I. I you know, it's. I feel just a, a little bit more confident, but I feel like hmm, I feel like it is a big part of what I'm here to be about. And over the years, I've had people tell me you're going to reach people all over the world and and, and things that you share with one person is going to ripple out and they're going to share it with others and others and others. And it's going to make a difference. And I see these little books being a big part of fulfilling that. Um, And it's not, you know, it's not like, okay, now I'm I'm certainly no big deal. (laughs) But, you know, it's like, wow, makes me cry. It makes me cry to think, you know, that the work I've done could affect you know, lots Mm. of people in a a positive way. It makes me grateful. It makes me feel honored um, to be able to be here to do this. Wow.
0: Your work is so rewarding. Um, I'm looking at at some of your your blogs, and I love the one from the little girl uh, entitled They All Lost Their Marbles.
1: (laughs) yes I have so many stories to get up on there yes that was an amazing process she went through
0: well that's that's an incredible story but kind of the gist of it it's your story to tell but so why don't you tell it (laughs) you're the one there I read it but that's different than you know being the 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 true witness to it but I, I think it's a very beautiful story and one that's so needed with uh, 60 to 70% of all people divorce. And what's fascinating, um, I'm not making it right or wrong at all um, because I didn't catch it on my first round either, (laughs) but um, you know, it's surprising the number of even more so the second time of the divorce rate. But anyway, share that story with us because I think it's intriguing and it also encourages people to go to your website and read your blogs because they're really good.
1: Thank you so much. Well, I was um, I'm counseling children, and I had a new client, and she was um, she was right around seven, and her parents were really good. I was so proud of them. They were doing a very good job of co-parenting through this divorce. So mom had brought her in uh, at one point for the initial session. Dad brought her in for the second one, which is the time I got out my sand tray. Now my sand tray is full of sand, has a blue bottom, and I have oh, hundreds and hundreds of miniature um, toys that they can put. It's really young in, you know, it's very young in, Carl Young, and um the images and metaphors so they have all these little images and toys that they can put in so i asked her would you show me your family and she just jumped right in and she started telling a story (laughs) and she's like once upon a time there was a happy family (laughs) and she placed her mother and her father next to each other and then she placed herself next to her father and then she placed her twin sisters next to her mother straight line in the middle of the sand tray and then she put a dog to the to her right I guess it was and uh, she said uh, she added these marbles around she said (laughs) yes it was like a beautiful life and then and she pulled out that big Star Wars figure that I don't remember the name of that it looks like an ostrich and like you can ride it and you know cross the desert one of those animals. It was very right. big. And she <laughs> she had these marbles all around the perimeter of the sand tray. And she said, it was a very happy life until the big thing came along. And she took the nose of that animal and she buried all the marbles. And her father was across from me and we were behind her so she couldn't see us. And he looked at me and went mouth. He said, the big thing? And I went, and divorce <laughs> oh and so she played that out for a few more sessions and she kept you know going through the same story and then as we also did therapy you know talking and discussing and processing things I think it was those are fifth or sixth sessions she she had the ostrich figure dig up all the marbles and she put her father in one corner with the dog and her mom and sisters in the other corner and herself in the middle and she played out going back and forth between the homes and she said to me I don't need to talk about the divorce anymore what I need to talk about are my twin sisters I can't stand them (laughs) oh my gosh
0: how that is so endearing isn't it but and it's also an example of and that's what I uh, enjoy about the benefits of your work is, is that, see, I think that um, people don't understand. It's like, you know, it's like some people, they they talk to their pets like they're they're a thing, you know, like itsy bitsy, kitsy, wootsy, itsy bitsy. And there's that sweet, but there's also that if you talk to, Uh, an animal like a person they they calculate and remember a lot of words a lot of people's names I mean you know I have one dog that his word vocabulary is off the charts you know and the same with kids though I get it's different and it's a, a different kind of consciousness but I like to talk to Uh, my little girl like a person you know like an adult not like an expectation with adult um, uh, abilities but just to shoot her straight you know just to talk to her Um, rather than oh they're just little people they don't know what's going on and that's so sad because we did know we did know what was going on Mm -hmm. and uh, some people spend you know 20 years overcoming that. Nobody talked about it. The marbles. <laughs> exactly.
1: exactly. You know, I was actually talking to a client about that today. She, her parents divorced when she was very young and she was four or five and she remembers that clearly and trying to ask questions about it. And no one would talk to her about it. And now she's going through it and she has a four year old and she's like, I want to talk to him, but I don't, I don't know how much to tell him. And I said, you know, you, you explain, what's going on developmentally for him at his developmental stage. And you answer any questions just the way he asks them. You give him the information. You, you give him the truth without, you know, putting down anybody or being, you know, showing your anger about anything and, um, and just continually letting him know how loved he is. And so, you know, we, we talked through all of that for a while. And um, she said, I don't want to do it the way it happened to me you know she didn't want to do that so that was very insightful of her I thought and aware for her to know that you know so we talked about things she could do with him since you know um, and she could get him into therapy but yeah kids know they know and it's really important to be open honest at their stage of development yeah
0: And just to just to lay it out, because they sometimes I think they know before before we do, because they're not occupied with, you know, mortgages and calendars and emails and, you know, all the other things that that are happening in life. They're pure spirit. They uh, their intuitive ability to listen and hear is profound.
1: Yes. And and they're so wise. I mean, I tell you, those little ones have been some of my greatest teachers in life. They're so wise. They're so connected to source because they're so close to it. They haven't been here that long. And and hopefully, you know, what they know is not being talked out of them um, and said, so, no, no, you don't know that. No, that, you know, no, that door's not going to close. Do you think that door's going to close? No, it's not going to close. And the door's closed. And they're like, oh, no, no, don't do that again. You know, sort of thing. so we need to keep. Keep encouraging them to use that intuition and say, wow, that was pretty cool. You know, letting them be all that they are. Oh, my gosh. Nurturing that through life. And giving them choices at those stages of develop every stage of development. Two-year-olds, lay out two different pairs or three different pairs of shoes. You've got to put shoes on, but you can choose which ones to put on. You know, <laughs> so they learn then to make those positive choices for themselves as they grow into that you know, tear pressure stage. So, very important to. Oops, did we lose? Did we lose you?
0: What do you What do you feel? Uh, no, you've done anything but lose me. I'm I'm staying with each word. No, um, in that with the with the families you've worked with and the the children that that you've worked with, what would you say would be a a number one like common, common thing is it, do people really just believe that they're broken? Because, you know, my feelings on that. But what what is it that what are people seeking that they don't have or what is going on that is needed? Just a generic kind of what would you say that is that is what we're facing now? Is it addiction? Is it unworthiness? Is, is it esteem? What what is it? Or is it, you know, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure they're connected. I'm just getting the message to ask you the question, even though.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, during this year, what I have noticed in, with all my clients, all ages, is this um, more intense anxiety. People who've never felt anxious before are feeling an intense level of anxiety. Um, many professional people who've been very successful and had, you know, huge shifts in the way they do their work or not doing their work at all, you know, they've just lost motivation. That they've lost, um, they sort of feel like they're losing their um, social skills even. And for children, I think the biggest thing is that because of technology and um emoticons and and not being with people in person, especially on ones that have come up through this last year at certain young ages, you know, to be able to be empathetic and to be able to read people's, um, you know, emotions and understand and be empathetic and compassionate. And I think that's a bit true of a lot of generations actually that have spent a lot of time online. Um, Addiction is always a big issue and, and now it's, technological addictions as well as drugs and alcohol. So that's always a thing. Depression has been really high this year, and especially our teens, because their developmental stage is all about interacting with their peers in person. And so that that helps them actually develop who they are. You know, they go through the stage of, well, my parents are the center of the universe, and, and then they move into my peers are the center of the universe before they realize, oh, maybe I need to find the center within myself. And and going back to that, taking that idea, is that to me is the goal that we have as parents, caregivers, teachers, therapists, is to help people continue to remember the truth of who they are, which is, a magnificent manifestation of the creator source. That's who mm-hmm. we are. That's always who we've been. And to me, that's our, our role in, the, you know, bringing up children. And if we haven't gone through an upbringing that reminds us of that and helps us remember that, then that's our journey to come back to that knowing.
0: Well, as you as you know, in my office, I have a huge canvas of a, a bridge, a swing bridge mm-hmm. leading to a tree. And to me, that's what that's what those of us that are doing our kind of work or similar or whatever is we are defining and it has fog too that leads to that vibrant tree and it's it's the ability to to be a bridge, to show the bridge that they have the bridge to be a tree because that's what trees do. You know, trees have such a strong root system or core that they can weather you know any kind of thing that comes along and that's to me it's been so evident those of us that have spent years developing these core value root systems that yes COVID is misfortunate uh we're saddened by the people that have been sick or ill and the amount of loss and you know there's all that definitely and not to make light of that but but those of us that have developed this core, it's like it didn't really make a difference that much. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Our lives, mm-hmm. our lives just kept on kind of moving on because we found new, innovative ways to do things instead mm-hmm. of resisting and regretting and and dismissing uh, what is. You know, because yeah. what is is, and what is it that we say the the greatest joy can be found in the path of least resistance instead Mm -hmm. of I hope I get back to normal or I hope it gets back the way it used to be there's no such thing it's not possible Mm -hmm.
1: no those
0: days are behind us that we knew it doesn't mean that somewhere better even better will be created but I, I, I just found that too and I found that in some ways that creates the anxiety of
1: resisting what is Exactly, and that that's been the conversation with clients for years. What right now? You know, what right now? That's all. That's all there is. And so, what mm-hmm. right now? And you know that the image of the tree. I I spent four days at the Abbey of Gethsemane in the '90s on a silent retreat in the middle of winter. It was so cold. It was like fifteen below. Chill factors. Oh gosh! <laughs> there was this huge tree, and the t- was probably 12 or so feet uh, you know across and it was all gnarly and it was the dead of winter up there in Kentucky and and you could see that this tree had weathered so many storms. I mean hundreds and probably hundreds of years and it just kept growing up it kept reaching up it kept reaching up every time you could see where it maybe been struck or been. You know, broken off, a new a new branch started to to reach for the sky, and I came back to work one day and I told a coworker that, and she found a brooch that had a tree on it and was sort of bent over in the wind, and the name uh-huh. of the brooch was, "The Wind Has Taught Me to Dance."
0: Oh, that's your archetype. Well, a, a great dancer you are, uh, everyone. I've been talking today with uh, Reverend Serena. Himmer, it's R-E-V, R-E-V Serena, R R E V S E R E N A dot com, or uh, delve into her website and share it with uh, your family and friends, pearlswisdom.site. That's pearls, plural, pearlswisdom.site uh, for her book that she has and to stay tuned in for the other books that are to come in the future. It's been a real pleasure to have you on the show. I'm, I'm grateful you're you here, and I'm, I'm more grateful for the work that you're doing and the impact you're making uh, on society. It's always great to work with light workers that are inspired, um, encouraged rather than weary, and knowing that the best is yet to come. And thank you for uh, sharing your heart today. Thank you, Temple. Thank you so much. Love you. Love you. Many blessings. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
1: I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at MindBodySpirit.fm or wherever you get your podcasts.